This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 53. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here today. I am back in Michigan where there's snow on the ground and it's a little cold, but that's okay. I'm inside. I have a roof over my head. That's what really matters. So we're cozy here. We've just been a couple weeks out from the new year. And so it's a time of opportunities and doing exciting things and making new goals. And hopefully everybody has set some goals and we're ready to conquer this year better than the last. Now, what I want to do today is go back to episode number 43 on the podcast, 10 episodes ago, where I talked about John Maxwell's book. It's called The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And on the podcast, number 43, we talked about this book, and I was only able to get through three of the laws. And it seemed to resonate with people. It seemed that people enjoyed that podcast. So I wanted to go back to that book. And I'm going to tackle hopefully another three laws and maybe more because there's 15 in total. And since I only got to three on podcast number 43, I'm going to pick at least another three to go through on this podcast. So on episode 43, we talked about John Maxwell's book, and we talked about the first law of intentionality. When you're trying to grow, you need to be intentional about it. We talked about the law of awareness and being aware of yourself and others around you so you can grow yourself and grow your leadership skills. And we talked about consistency and approaching your life with consistency, working hard, and working at your growth because growth is the most important thing we can do in life to better ourselves either in our career or in our personal life. So those are the three laws we talked about before. In this podcast, I thought I would start with law number three, since we skipped that the last time, and it's called the law of the mirror. And what John says with this law is in order to grow, in order to study and teach yourself to be a better leader, in order to do that, you have to see value in yourself. And you have to add value to yourself. So that's law number three. He calls it the law of the mirror. Now what John says about this concept of the law in the mirror is that many of us have very low self-esteem. That is true because we have that little negative part of our brain that's always running us down and always comparing ourselves to other people. And what John says is, this looking in the mirror step of growing will help us to see ourselves in a more truthful light and not fall victim to that self-esteem little negative voice in our head that robs us of our value. He says that when we have poor self-esteem and we don't value ourselves, that we are basically squashing our potential for growth. 
And one of the key things about this concept is that if we have low self-esteem, we're never going to be able to take the risks. We're never going to be able to meet the people we need to meet in order to become better and in order to grow. And there's a quote in here by Zig Ziglar, and it says, it's impossible to consistently behave in a manner inconsistent with how we see ourselves. And isn't that true? If you go into an exam room and you're feeling very insecure, you don't really feel good that particular day, somebody in the last exam room kind of squashed your ego, you are going to have a much harder time showing up for this client in a confident assured, and focused way. So your self-esteem is really going to determine how you show up for people. And that's so important because you're not going to learn and grow if you have this low opinion of yourself. John says you're never really going to be able to outperform the value that you place on yourself. So if your self-image is very, very low, you're never going to be able to outperform that. So John lists some steps in the book on how to build your self-image. And the first way is to guard your self-talk. And basically what that means is be careful of the way you talk to yourself. Now, we all know that we have negative thoughts and it's natural. We all have that little chihuahua in our head that's constantly telling us that we're not worthy and that we're not good enough. But you have power over that little voice. You have power over that little chihuahua voice. And so what John's telling us to do is to watch that negative self-talk. Do you criticize yourself or are you more positive? Do you create a more positive image in your brain? And if you received very negative messages when you were a child, that's going to come back up for you because we have that emotional memory part of our brain that likes to throw back these things that people said to us when we were young, teachers said to us, parents said to us, insults that other children made, you're going to remember those. But if those continue to keep coming up in your brain, you have to find a way to overcome that. And you have to find a way to replace that with more positive self-talk. And that's what John's talking about here, looking in the mirror and hearing the negativity that's coming from your brain, but being able to change it and change it into more positive self-talk. So you need to become a cheerleader for yourself, someone that encourages yourself, and that will help you open yourself up to personal growth. The second thing John talks about in telling us how to build our self-image is to stop comparing yourself to others. And this is something that we all have a tendency to do. You see another veterinarian and you think they're smarter than you. You see another person on the television that you think is prettier than you or thinner than you, or there's something that they have that you don't have, whether it be money or smarts or material things. And it just doesn't serve us to look at other people and compare ourselves. So what John says is it's very important to stop comparing yourself to others. Now, there's another book that I just bought, and I haven't started reading it yet, but I love the title, and that's why I bought it. And it's by Rachel Cruz, and the title is Love Your Life, Not Theirs. And so that little sentence right there sums it up. Don't compare yourself to others. And that's basically what John's saying here. So look at your life and love what you're doing and how you're growing. And don't look at other people and compare yourself to them. 
Another thing that John says in improving your self-esteem is move beyond your limiting beliefs. And we've talked about limiting beliefs before on the podcast, but basically a limiting belief is that you've got something in your head that is holding you back. You don't have that mentality that you can do and achieve anything. And that is part of our impossible goal setting. That's part of our future thinking. It's a part of unlimited thinking. All the things that we've talked about before is getting your brain to move beyond this belief that you are limited in any way. And you can explore your brain and look for the things that you have believed either now or when you were a child or growing up. If you have a belief that's limiting you in your life, you need to look at that. Identify the belief that you want to change and why is it limiting you and how is it limiting you and then decide how you want to act and feel differently. And once you have identified that limiting belief, then you can give yourself permission to move away from it and move on. That's what John's saying here in moving beyond your limiting beliefs. Another way to add value to yourself or get better self-esteem is to actually add value to others. So a lot of times when we have self-esteem issues, we kind of sit back and we don't do anything. We don't try to help people because we don't have the thought that we can help people. We have the thought that we're not valuable. But if you can focus on adding value to others, then that will help you combat this feeling of not being worthy or not being valuable. It's going to help you get over your low self-esteem. He also says to do the right thing, even if it's difficult. Be true to your values and be true to yourself. And that will go a long way to building your self-esteem. Because you're adding character, you're building your character, and you're becoming stronger. So I know a lot of times on the podcast, I talk about how your feelings are created by your thoughts, and then your feelings are what causes you to act in a certain way. Sometimes you can work that model backwards, and you can start to take actions that will create better feelings, and then change your thoughts. So sometimes taking action is a good way to create better feelings for yourself. So that's what he means by doing the right thing, even if it's difficult, and even if you don't feel good about the thing that you know is right, you don't feel good about yourself, but taking action towards that good deed or adding value to someone else. So if you're really having a hard time thinking your way to better feelings, you can sometimes act your way to better feelings. If you're battling with low self-esteem, the next thing that John says you can do in this law of the mirror is to practice some small disciplines every day in one small area of your life. Basically, what he means by that is if you just practice one small thing that's leading you to growth, that's helping you towards better self-esteem, then you can kind of work your way out of this overwhelm and out of this feeling that your life is out of control. And you can chip away at it because your self-worth is oftentimes linked to your habits and the things that you do every day. So practicing this small discipline every day will help you work your way into having better self-esteem. Another thing that John says is celebrate your small victories. A lot of times we don't give ourselves any credit. We do things in our life and we don't really 
take a minute to stop and feel good about it. I know that every day I see client after client after client in my job, and I know you do too. And oftentimes the only clients that you remember or recall are the ones that don't do well or the ones that didn't go well or you weren't super happy about the way you showed up. But think about those other six or eight or 10 or even 20 clients that you've seen in that day that went really well, that you showed up great for, that you were very aware, you were present, you listened to them well, you made them feel welcome. Those are the things that you need to celebrate. And that's going to go a long way to helping with your self-esteem. So another way John talks about improving your self-esteem in this law of the mirror is to take responsibility for your life. And what he means by that is a lot of us look at our life and we're not super happy about it. And we just settle for the life that we're willing to tolerate. We allow people to disrespect us. We tolerate poor self-talk. We tolerate poor talk from other people. We allow them to violate our time boundaries. And we don't take responsibility for it. We just complain about it. And I know I have a tendency to do this is complaining and not really just accepting the fact that I'm getting what I'm asking for. That's what John's talking about is taking responsibility for your life and your story and the journey that you're on and realizing that you can change it. And if you start to take responsibility and embrace the life that you have, then you're going to have stronger self-esteem and you're going to be able to step into these laws of growth and start to grow your life. So the law of the mirror says that you need to take a look at your life in order to change it. And John says the way that you can do this is, number one, make a list of all your best personal qualities. And one of my coaches made me do this one time. I was feeling kind of self-doubt and overwhelm, and I was dreading doing something that I was a little bit afraid of doing. And my coach said to me, you know what? I want you to write 25 reasons that you're a badass rock star veterinarian. And I thought that was kind of weird, but she made me do it. And I sat down and wrote this list about myself of all the things that were good about me and all the things I that I had accomplished in my life. And surprisingly, making that list helps bring you out of that victim mentality, that low self-esteem mentality. So that's part of this law of the mirror. John says, make a list of all your best personal qualities. And if you have good self-esteem, it's probably going to be a little bit easier for you. If you have low self-esteem, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, but you need to do it. So write down, as my coach told me, 25 things. John just says, make a list. I say, write down 25 things and don't give up. And it might take you days. It might take you weeks even if it's really a struggle for you. But don't stop until you've written at least 25. And then look at this list. You need to spend every day reading through the list to remind yourself that you're valuable and that these are all the good qualities about you. And when you start to believe this list and you start to accept this list, it's going to help you move forward into the personal growth journey that you want to go on. So if it's about your goals that you've just set, if it's about the unlimited thinking and the possibility thinking that you're doing, this list is going to go a long way to helping you 
overcome the negativity that's holding you back. The next thing that John says is take a tally of how many times you talk negatively to yourself. And you can do it on your smartphone, you can write it down, but actually write down the number of times a week that you think things that are negative about yourself, and then also start to keep track of the positive things that you think about yourself. So have this running tally if you can. It's going to be a little bit difficult if you're working, but when you start to think negative things, try to go back and write them down. Same thing with positive things and start to keep a tally each week of the positive and negative things that you say about yourself. And then the third thing he says is, if you want to feel valuable, add value to others. And that's the last thing he talks about in this law of the mirror. How much time every day, every week, do you spend adding value to others? And that's not necessarily just what you do for your clients, but what do you do for the people around you, for your friends, for your family? How do you add value to their life? And how do you pass on some of these things that you're learning and growing? Here on the podcast even, how do you share these things with others in your life? How do you affect them positively? And all of these things are going to go towards making it easier for you to grow as a human being. And that's what this 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth is all about. So become a mentor, become somebody that adds value, even if it's just putting up a positive message at work once a week. Write it on a little index card if you're an introvert and you don't really like talking about it. Write a little piece of paper, a positive message, and post it in your office or you could even put it in your communication book if you have one. Or you could send out a little email of positivity for your colleagues at your work. And just add value to other people, and then it will come back to you tenfold. So that was the law of the mirror. Now the next law I want to talk about, I had to jump over a few. I want to go to the law of design. Because I think when we're talking about setting goals and possibility thinking like we did in the last few podcasts, that designing a plan for growth is very important. And developing strategies to plan out the growth that you are wanting to do is really important. And that's what this law of design that John talks about in his book is all about. So this law of design involves looking at your life in the past and doing some examination of where you've been in order to push yourself forward into where you want to go. And the reason John wants you to design your life and design your growth is because a lot of people just float by in their life. They just wait for something to happen, and when that something happens, they simply react to it. They don't make concrete decisions. They don't make concrete plans into developing the future and developing the life that they want to create. So what John wants you to do is look back on the things that happened to you in the previous years, year perhaps, and this would be a really good time to do that because it's the beginning of a new year. Take the past year and really go through and examine what opportunities came up for you. What did you do with those opportunities? What kind of decisions did you make? Did they turn out to be valuable to your life? Did they add to your life? Did they subtract from your life in some way? And can you use the lessons that you learned from the things that happened to you last year to create a new plan of design for this year? And don't be the kind of person that simply floats. 
So the first point in the law of design is life is very simple, but keeping it that way is very difficult. And what John says here is that life has a way of going by and giving experiences. And the more we live, the more we learn. And that's kind of the theory. We think that the older we get, the more experienced we get, things are going to get simpler. But that's not true. When we look at our lives and we see how complicated things get, the older you get, life has a way of becoming more and more complicated. And so it takes a lot of effort to keep life simple. And so John says that learning lessons from these things that we go through life and experience is really going to be important in order to have you designing the plan for growth. The life lessons that you learn are going to be very valuable and help you when you're trying to design your plan for personal growth. So look at the life lessons. Ask yourself a couple of questions about the things that you experienced, let's say just last year, and those life lessons, those things that happened to you. Can you use them personally? Can you use them professionally? If something was successful, can you repeat it? And can you take the lessons that you've learned and transfer them into your strategic planning for the upcoming year? Another thing that John says in this chapter is designing your life is more important than designing your career. And I think I see that a lot in people that work in the veterinary field. We kind of confuse our career with our life because it does have a tendency to creep in to our personal life. A lot of times clients will call you. I've had neighbors show up on my door, knocking on my door with either a wild bird or something that they found outside and expecting me to take care of it, or a stray cat, or they're having a problem with their pet. A lot of our career leaks over into our personal life. And so it's very difficult to realize that your career is not your life. That your life is the thing you're trying to design. Your life is the thing that you're trying to grow. And your career is just a part of that life and a part of that growth. So when you start to plan for your growth, think of it more as personal growth. And even if it's something that you want to change in your career, think of how it's going to affect you personally and how it's going to make your life better, not necessarily your career better. And I did this Years ago, when I got fired from my first job, the next job that I took, I took it not for the money, not for the location, but because I realized the veterinarians that I was going to work with were really good people and they held the same values that I held. And I took a pay cut to go there and it wasn't the most organized place. It wasn't the most business savvy place, but I knew those things could be changed. But what I had to accept that job for was the fact that the people that worked there had my same values. And so that's something that you really have to remember is your values are part of your life, not your career. And so realizing when you're working at a place, if they embrace the same values that they embrace, is going to go a long way to making a good match between your life and your career. Another thing that John says is remember that life is not a dress rehearsal. 
And I think we have a tendency to think that way sometimes. We think, well, this will get better in a few years. It'll be better later. I'll do something about this later. I'll lose weight in six months. I'll start my diet tomorrow, which I'm famous for. And it really doesn't happen unless you plan for it. And that's why John says you have to remember that it's not a dress rehearsal and you have to design it on purpose. You have to make decisions on purpose that are going to better your life and continue your personal growth. The last thing John says about the law of design is that when you're planning your life, multiply everything by two. And that sounds kind of strange, but let me explain what he means by this. John is a very impatient person and he wants everything done yesterday, as am I. I am super impatient. I want to do 18 things at the same time. But what he means by this is a lot of times you want to get something done and you don't allow yourself time to work on it. You get impatient and then it takes longer than you think it's going to take and then you want to quit. So what he talks about in this law of design is when you're developing your plan or your strategy for personal growth, if you're setting a goal, give yourself adequate time and give yourself adequate resources. We talked about this a little bit when I talked about goal setting on the last podcast, I think it was, is that you've got to write it down and then give yourself some time and also give yourself some time to learn if it's something that you haven't let yet learned. So what he says is when you're making a goal or you're making a plan and you decide that it's going to take you two weeks to lose 10 pounds, what he means is multiply that by two. So basically, it's going to take you four weeks to lose 10 pounds. He's asking you to cut yourself some slack, to give yourself a little bit of time to develop some strategies to grow. He's not saying not to set time. He's saying to set adequate time. And then don't beat yourself up if you don't make your goals. Don't beat yourself up if you don't reach something in the time frame. Just give yourself a little bit more time. That's what he means by multiply everything by two. So in the law of design, basically what John means is that you have to develop some strategies and you have to make some systems for yourself in order to set goals, in order to grow in order to be the person that you want to become. And so I have a system for my professional growth and my professional growth system looks like every morning I get up, I do a certain amount of reading, I do 10 minutes of meditation, I do exercising each day, and I have books that I read. And so making yourself some sort of system like that in order to become disciplined will help you to accomplish things that you want to accomplish. Even if it's scheduling your driving time, you know, perhaps you should be listening to a podcast like this one and learning something, or maybe it's, or maybe you want to get better at some medical skill. Take your time when you're driving to listen to something that will teach you that skill. Get yourself an audiobook that talks about personal growth that you can listen to on your drive. Schedule yourself some time for personal growth. That's basically what this law of design says. So when John says create a system for personal growth in this law of design, he wants you to take the big picture into account, look at the overall goal that you're aiming at, and make that part of your system, make those small steps in part of your plan. Make use of your priorities. 
So set priorities and set boundaries around those priorities. Make sure there's measurement involved. Make sure that there is a measurable goal. And then he talks about make a system to apply what you're learning. Where can you use it? When can you use it? Who can you use it with? And then become organized. Make sure that you have a system of organization that schedules these things out for you in order to obtain the growth that you're looking to achieve. So John says, take some time to assess the areas in your life that you spend most of your time planning for, whether it's your career, your faith, your family, your hobbies, your marriage, your personal growth, your vacation. Analyze where you're spending your time and then create a strategic plan in order to improve all of these things. And then refine the systems. Make sure you know what your priorities are. So you have your priorities, measure it, apply it, organize it, and then be consistent about it, which goes back to that law of consistency, which was law number five. And that sums up the law of design. And the last law I want to talk about is law number nine in this book. And John calls it the law of the ladder. And basically what he's talking about in this chapter is that you need to grow your character and that will help you grow the height of your personal growth. There's a quote in here by Doug Fireball and it says, achievement to most people is something you do. To the high achiever, it is something that you are. So John says, if you want to be successful, you have to think like a successful person. And he contends that successful people have certain character traits that cause them to attract other people and attract success. Things like humility, honesty, patience, ethics, work ethic, ambition, attitude, influence, developing other people, understanding other people. Those are some of the things that John says are important for us to become successful people. So in order to have a strong character, you have to have strong ethics. And that's something that's really important to us in this profession because there's so many ethical dilemmas that we face every day. And you have to be true to yourself. You have to be able to sleep at night, with the decisions that you make every day. And they may not necessarily always be the right decision for every person. And sometimes clients may get disturbed by the decisions that you make or vice versa. You may be disturbed by their decision. But if you know your ethics, if you know your morals and you have a strong grasp on that, that is part of this law of the ladder. It's about your character. So John says... These are some rules for building character on this law of the ladder. One is, I will focus on being better on the inside than the outside. Character matters. We all want to look good to other people. It's kind of a normal human thing that we want other people to think that we're good. But it's more important that you're good on the inside. It's not as important that people see you as being good on the outside. That's what John's saying. The reputation that you have in the community comes from what others believe about you, 
but your character, your true character, is represented by who you are on the inside. And a lot of times if you focus on good internal character, it'll show on the outside. That's the good news. And people will notice it. And then you'll end up with a good reputation. But what you have to remember is focusing on the inside matters most. And then the second thing he says about this law of the ladder is that you need to follow the golden rule. Other people do matter and you have to treat them as if they matter. And if you don't know what the golden rule is, the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so the way you can lead your life like this is just to ask yourself, what would someone else want and how can I step up and help them with what they need? Can you take the initiative and do something that somebody else needs or wants? That's part of this golden rule thinking. And then another thing John says is teaching other people what you believe matters. And he calls that passion. So if you have a passion for personal growth, if you have a passion for leadership, if you have a passion for veterinary medicine or a part of veterinary medicine like dentistry or dermatology, that passion is going to help you teach other people. And you're going to bring this law of the ladder. You're going to bring these interesting and important things to other people. So teaching what you believe in will cause passion and growth. And the next thing he says is humility is a virtue. So if you can be humble, that's going to go a long way into helping you grow as a person and also helping you affect others. Understand that we're all humans, we all make mistakes, and be humble and also realize that the next day something bad may happen to you and you're going to have to be humble about it. You're going to have to share the bad things that happen to you. That's going to go a long way into opening you up to personal growth and also creating the life that you want to create. So humility is realizing that everybody has weaknesses, including you become teachable. And this is a big one for me because I love to ask other people that I work with their opinions and what they would do and be open to being taught because there's always going to be somebody that knows something more than you do, including your clients. Be open to letting your clients teach you. If your client knows their pet better than you do and they have a suggestion, be open to that. Don't think you're above that. That is part of being humble. And being willing to serve other people and also gratitude, being grateful. And that is something that's so important. If you can be grateful for just being here on this earth and being open to gratitude in every situation in your life, no matter whether it's good or bad, that's going to help you develop and grow as a person and also keep you humble. So John says in this law of the ladder, the stronger that you can build your character, the more steps you can have on your character ladder, the greater your potential for growth will be. So if you desire to grow and reach your fullest potential, you have to pay more attention to your character than to what you're doing and your successes. So let's summarize this law of the ladder for your life. Assess where you are and focus on where, where you've been up into this point and are you improving on the inside or on the outside and look at what you've done in the last 12 months 
compare how much time you've spent in the last month on personal or spiritual growth and activities that didn't necessarily serve you. Then plan to spend time in the upcoming months to serve other people. Set aside your agenda, become humble, become open-minded, learn from other people, and plan to spend time helping other people. And building your character, it's a habit. You need to do it every day. You need to plan for it. You have to have the habit of character growth. And that's basically what John means by this law of the ladder. Assessing where you are, what rung on the ladder you're on, and then focusing up and then also focusing out to others around you will help you climb that ladder of personal growth. So I I just really love this book, The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. So if you're focused on growth this year and you really want to do better things for your life, pick up this book by John Maxwell, read it. I've gone through three of the laws on the last podcast that we talked about this on number 43, and now three again today. Because the book is so full of great lessons, it's really difficult for me to go through the whole thing. So I hope this has given you a taste of what John Maxwell does and how he teaches. And I hope that some of the concepts we've talked about, not only in this podcast, but the last couple where we've talked about making plans for this year and growing into the new year, have helped you create a plan and some goals and some ambition for what you want to do. Let's all use this year to grow personally and also professionally, and let's use this year to feel better because that's what this is all about. That's what I want to bring to you on this podcast. So thank you to John Maxwell for sharing his wonderful book with me. I really love it, and I hope someday to meet him. So if you're out there, John, or anybody knows John, um, pass him my name. I'd love to meet him. I'd love to... Um, discuss some things with him because he's just really a fascinating guy. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I really appreciate it. I love spending time with you here on the podcast. If you think you would like to try life coaching, I am running a program right now called Burnout to Balance. And it's basically a new program that I've developed for veterinarians, veterinary technicians, and people that work in this industry to try to take us from feeling overwhelmed and stressed out to learning more about becoming balanced and how to control our thoughts and how to work towards feeling better. And so if that appeals to you, send me an email and I'll send you some information on the program. I had kind of a launch and I was only taking 10 people and that is almost full at this point. But if I do fill up and I don't have time to teach more Um, with those first 10 in that first program, I know I'll be running this program again because I just think it's really valuable. So if you have interest in that, send me an email at jacapeldvm at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for the podcast or anybody that you would like me to interview or any topics that you would like to discuss, please also send me an email or leave leave your suggestions in the comment section of the podcast. Thanks so much to Tristan Compel for doing my sound editing and writing my music for me. If you're interested in some of the music that he's putting out there, you can look him up, Tristan Capel. He has his own website. He also has 
some of his music that he's published on Spotify. You can find some of it there, some of the albums that he's recorded. He's an excellent musician, and I don't say that just because he's my son. He's super talented and amazing, but I just want to thank him for helping me with this podcast and also my daughter, Bridget, for doing all of my photography on my website and for the podcast. Thanks, Bridge. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye. Bye.